0: Welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast, a weekly show about all things engineering, DIY projects, manufacturing, industry news, and strategic component sourcing. We are your hosts, electrical engineers, Stephen Craig.
1: And Parker
0: Dolman. This is episode 318.
1: And our guest this week is Cody Ednlich.
0: Cody has 10 years experience in electronic component distribution and commodities trade and is currently the head of strategic sourcing at Macrofab.
1: Thank you, you so much, nice. Cody, for coming on to our podcast.
2: Awesome to be here. Thank you um, for having me. So,
1: so, Cody, tell us a little bit more about yourself.
2: Um, so I started in electronics uh, components about 10 years ago on the distribution side. Um, worked for a, a smaller distributor here based out of uh, Houston, and uh Virian for a couple of years and uh it was um it was a really interesting way to start on the uh the sales side of you know the distribution side of the house because um you know generally when you're a, a, a account manager for a big distributor your primary focus is just bringing on OEMs and CM customers right and and getting incoming RFQs and um driving the the uh, you know the the traffic but at very that was half of the job and the other half was uh... sourcing you actually that that responsibility fell onto the account account manager so uh... really early on uh... i learned uh, a lot of the you know systems and proprietary software and platforms um you know, developed a lot of really key uh, strategic relationships, I guess you could say, uh, globally, you know, Asia, Europe, uh, South America, moved to uh, Smith & Associates, uh, where I was an account manager. And uh, shortly after, uh, you know, I'd say probably about a year on the sales side, they, they pulled me over to uh, purchasing. It was the middle of, uh, it was 2017, 2018. It was the height of the uh, capacitor shortage. Um, so it, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, I, I showcased my skills and, and I moved over to, to purchasing and helped them out there. I've, uh, I've done a lot. I mean, I've opened, uh, uh, co-opened, uh, LTL group in Katy, Texas, which is a smaller distributor of, uh, helped open, uh, action components in Clearwater, Florida. So, I mean, it's kind of like where I've just been. Uh, you know, for the past few years until, until I came to Macrofab. So, and I actually came to Macrofab as a sales guy as well. Yeah. And joined, uh, so
1: that's how you get your foot in the door, huh?
2: Really, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I guess it, 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 it was, um, you know it just seemed like i mean because obviously macrofab was doing something wildly different than than everybody else was doing which was kind of what i was looking for but um you know after coming on board and, and realizing you know the potential and how much growth uh you know there there was for the the strategic sourcing side or just you know the purchasing side of the house um a kind of uh uh offered to to help and, and asked, you know, hey, do we have any projects that are, you know, in, in limbo so to speak or lying down because of uh you know uh, uh parts uh shortages and I got overwhelmed with the response and uh uh pushed a couple of projects through to production and it was like a you know overnight it, it was it was uh you created something. a whole new
1: position for yourself Senator yeah Patel. pretty
2: pretty much pretty yeah. much yeah so,
1: so I, I do have a question for that on that though um, yes yeah. almost feels, this feels like an interview I guess
2: yeah <laughs> for um, sure
1: but um, I guess technically it is a podcast interview um, cool uh, so were you were you looking to, to be another like go back to sales or what was
2: so, So to be honest with you, it was a really interesting time in my life, right? I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever, you you know, you guys are engineers, and I mean, I don't know if you've ever ever dipped your toe into the sales game, but uh, I mean, it's definitely that. It is just, you know, it's a game, it's a roller coaster, it's uh, it's 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 tough, and 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 electronic components, I mean, or EMS uh distribution, EMS, uh that whole space, it's it's very competitive, you know. And um I, I guess you could kind of say I got to a point where I saw this. Um and it's like, you know, I'm 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 hella good at finding parts. And uh I'm I'm okay at talking to people, but I'm really, 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 really good at finding parts. And so it was kind of just like a no brainer um, it really worked out well because this is what I love to do. Like, I, 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 I don't know if, um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, uh, how can, how can I explain this? So it's like, I get to, uh, do you remember, you remember grandma's boy,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah, movie?
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, what was the leather, the leather guy, the, the guy, the, um, the bad guy. He's the, oh, with, the creator. With, that
1: he wanted robot legs.
2: Right. Yes. The guy with the robot <laughs> legs. So I, 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 I feel like I get to walk into my little lair every day with my robot legs and just sit down. And I'm no kidding. I've like just five monitors up. Yeah. A dome comes over and there's like a bluish hue, like an aura around me. And I just put on my headphones. I get lost in uh, electronic music and I just get to scour the earth. Really, though, it's. It that's that's I love it. Like this is, like what I would want to do if if I had to work for the rest of my life. This I, is. I, I definitely really I hope that
0: do. the sound so. effects are part of it too. The whole. Doo, doo, doo. Oh yeah. As you <laughs> as you go to your desk. <laughs>
2: Every time somebody comes to my desk, I do the whole. Doo, doo. <laughs> Deleted. Oh man, Listen, but yeah.
1: I I haven't heard anyone talk about that movie in. <laughs> I want to say. A decade now, maybe eleven. That was years. like
2: that was like college house. We used to we used to watch that all together.
1: Yes, I mean that was. Wouldn't that movie come out? Was that 08?
2: Man, I was just gonna say two thousand twenty two. Right now, in three years, that movie will be twenty years old. Oh, came out no five.
0: It's oh, even earlier okay. than I thought. Yeah. Oh man, Jeez, that was my freshman year of college.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. Crazy. <laughs> so yeah
0: so the the last two years have been really really fun with trying to get parts and source things right
2: you know okay so it is um like so what what the industry tells us is last year was the most um predominant year for semiconductor sales ever it was the highest year for semiconductor sales now it's funny because it's like why uh, how can that be during a shortage well, I mean, it's wildly driven by price, right? Because we're seeing a lot of 50 cent dollar, um, you know, TI parts, uh, you know, standard, standard trading costs, you know, around 50 cents to a buck, they're being sold for $35 a piece. Mm-hmm. And people are cutting the purchase orders. So right. In uh, these crazy situations, I mean, you know, it's it's extremely lucrative for the for the distribution side. I guess it's lucrative for, you know, the OEMCM side because they get to stay afloat and they get to, you know, it, it's what's the the, the uh, you know the other choices being lined down, right? So uh, everything but, they
0: make is already sold.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, so it is. It's real crazy. It's um, it's interesting to see how it works, right? Because there's so many different and i guess we you know we could get into that you know how how does it how does it all work you know like how do how do people how do the parts move around the world but it's it's really crazy when you start to dig into it um yeah it's been an interesting past couple of years for sure
1: yeah the um it's an interesting mix of sure like like it's not a complete lack of supply either like there's still factories pumping out parts it's yeah. just the man is just outstripping everything.
2: Yeah, and a lot of it is connecting dots that people don't really know about. So I mean the whole reason, like let's just like you have to look at it like this. Okay. So let's look at let's look at this like authorized and franchised, right? Is is the main tier. You've got your Avnets, arrows, DigiKeys, Mausers, right? Okay. Well sub, you know, authorized and franchised, you have really what are stocking independent distributors. And there's always kind of this rush to just say, hey, look, we're going to brokers for these parts. We're going to brokers, brokers. I hate the term broker because of the negative connotation it carries in this industry, right? There has to be a staunch difference uh, distinguished between, say, Smith & Associates, who's a $3 billion stocking distributor, and, say, ABC Components, who's a guy like out in... Fresno, California, somewhere working out of his house that maybe like some
1: relays I can sell you.
2: There you go. (laughs) Right. And not to say that these guys are, you know, fly by night. You know, maybe, maybe they they service a select handful, you know, of customers that keep them in business, but they also get a lot of excess opportunities from those customers, right? You know, so maybe this guy, let's say a guy manages an account for Lenovo. And, you know, not only is he selling them parts, you know, he talks to, you know, Karen or whoever the inventory manager is, right? And he says, hey, Karen, you know, send me a list of all your excess inventory. Well, the crazy thing is these, a lot of times, these mega OEMs, um, you know, especially when you talk to, you know, computing OEMs to, you know, server equipment, you know, the Cisco's, the Arista networks of the world, these guys will let Xeon processors go then he's on the dollar sometimes, and this is new material in the box. It's all brand new. None of it's used. None of it's refurbished. And these, you know, so there's there's massive amounts of opportunity there to facilitate, especially in a in a in a shortage situation. And so that's kind of you know a, a sneak peek into you know some of these some of the ways that these uh, you know orders are you know, filled in these seemingly down times. It's like, you know, well, what's the magic that's really happening? Well, you have major companies like the Smith and Associates, the velocities of the world that have and maintain these massive, massive O accounts, these OEMs and CMs, that they have these wild relationships established to where on a monthly, weekly, or even daily basis, anything that falls into an excess category for material, they shoot it to Smith. They shoot it to their guy at Velocity. Those things are blasted out. And then whenever somebody comes you know, looking for it, whenever a buyer at another OEM picks up the phone to say, hey, I'm going to call my my sales guy over at Smith. Well, nine times out of ten, Smith won't have stock of the part she's looking for, but they can find it. They know that they can call Velocity because Velocity has a relationship with Sony and Sony uses this part and they had allocation for 100000 and they know they're only going to use 30000 70000 are available to the open market. Boom, there's your order. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. It's, it's really awesome. You know, it's, to, it sounds like 4D chess every day. Right. You know. it, is. It, it, it is. It's
1: one of those, um, you're over, when you have overage for, contract manufacturing that overage goes somewhere else
2: exactly right and that that's the big distinguishment is like you have your oem customers and your cm customers like the oem customers are the ones that are going to buy in volume they're going to hold stock they're going to you know cms are buying project based if you know overages i mean they're obviously you know that that's kept to a min right unless it's an overage that's called for the production run um, you know, we don't see a lot of, uh, you know, CMs holding massive amounts of, you know, your sandminas. Sure, your minas and flexes. I mean, still, even at that point, they're pretty lean operating. So
1: well, yeah, cause, well, just keeping that kind of inventory on on the books costs tax money.
2: Right. And so there again is why, you know, a lot of how a lot of these uh, distributors make, make, you know, uh, another side of their business is VMI, you know, vendor managed inventory saying, hey, you know, this part is volatile. We don't feel comfortable that you can keep placing these 5,000 piece orders on a monthly basis. Cut us a purchase order for your EAU or your estimated annual usage and we'll just hold the parts here and do a controlled release. And, and, I mean, there, so there's a ton of different ways to, to skin the cat in this game. And, I mean, the reason Macrofab, I mean, it, is really doing something that nobody else is doing is because we have the strategic sourcing team that they have, um, you know, me and a couple of other folks that have experience on that side of the house. You know, we've kind of internalized the broker process for Macrofab, which is really huge. So traditionally, you can think like... Um, Anybody on our purchasing team, right, um, would see that a part is not in stock. And if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, they would be reaching out to a Smith & Associates or someone at National Association of you know, Semiconductors or whatever, um, uh, some distributor to say, hey, look, these are parts that we're lined down for, and they'll send them a list of about 10 parts. Well, like I said, I mean, there's a, this is being conservative, a 10% chance that out of those list of parts, this guy might actually have stock on him, right? But he can go and find the stocking distributor. Well, what we've done, and what I've done for MacroFab, is we've we've gotten set up on, I mean, every platform we need to be set up on. Where I've I've reached out and established us with, uh, you know, a, a number of, uh, you know, my personal, um, you know, suppliers and whatnot. And so we've internalized the broker process. You know, if something's out of stock at Macrofab, we're not going to brokers. Why would we? I can see the stocking distributor. So that's who we're going directly to. So it cuts us in a day where people are making you know, 30 and 50% gross profit margins on these parts. It's saving us wildly. And um, you know, it saves us on our lead time too. You know, now these parts don't have to pass through somebody else and change hands and you know, it's a quality issue. And can we trust this guy? You know um so it's really it's really really cool what, what we're we're doing for our customers um and i mean i'm seeing it on a daily basis right like i i see how many projects are being pushed through to production because hey we found the parts let's go versus a 35 week lead time or going back to the drawing board and redesigning so
1: it's pretty cool 35 weeks on the low end too oh man
2: i i saw a 526 day uh 526 day lead time today
1: oh, man. nice Yeah, I saw 56 weeks on a part. (laughs) And I'm like, well, it's time to uh, redesign that part.
0: They're (laughs) hand-building every one of them. Yeah,
2: right.
1: Um, Yeah, the um, what that reminds me of is the uh, shortages on... This is like going back... Before the podcast, we were talking about video games for a little bit, so this is what jogged my mind a bit about this, is uh, video cards and, like, consoles where people mm-hmm. are using bots to buy parts, uh, mm-hmm. buy, not parts, but comp- uh, co- video game consoles and stuff and, like, resell them later. Mm-hmm. It would not surprise me if that was happening on, like, let's say, Digikey and Mauser and people were trying to scarf up 18 Mega 328Ps.
2: Right, <laughs> for sure. And resell them later. Absolutely. Absolutely. It happens all the time. Uh, I mean, people, and, and like, it's 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 good business to a point right because i mean it it levels like we need independent distributors because they do level the playing field and they facilitate during the shortages right but um so it, it is great business to have an established relationship with with uh you know an independent distributor but at the same time yeah i mean it's it's a wildly uh you know, it's, it's taken advantage of uh, tenfold, especially in a, a shorted situation. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I think we had, so I'll give you an example. I had 15,000 pieces of a part that I was, a TI part that uh, one of our uh, customers was, uh, was looking for. I had received a quote. Now, now these, these are normally dollar fifty cent parts. I had received a quote for $11 in November of last year. They said, no way, we can't do that. Um, you know, this is, this is crazy. And I think they tried to source them through somebody, somewhere else in China. Anyway, that didn't go well, um, kind of like we advised them. And uh, four months later, they came back, or three months later, they came back and said, hey, um, you know, and this, like a couple of weeks ago, they said, uh, hey, we, you know, are these, are these 15,000 pieces still an option? I was quoted one hundred and twenty six dollars a piece for what I could get for eleven dollars three months ago. Yep. And it's because they know they have the stock, because no matter who the and and so that's kind of it brings up a really good point. Like so it's like, you know, sometimes buyers will think, oh, well, I'm just going to arm myself with all these distributors and and, you know, we can outsmart the distribution channels, right? We can outsmart. The independent distributors. Well, essentially what happens is you you end up driving the price up on yourself. So you're looking for this Atmel part, right? And you've sent it out to six different distributors. Well, guess what? They're all brokers. None of them have stock. So what do they do?
1: And they're all going to each other.
2: They're all going to... Even if they navigate a different channel, it's eventually going to lead to the stock and distributor that will pick up the phone. And this happens all the time.
1: And now they if have six if, orders for...
2: If you're late to the party, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He'll say, Oh, you'll uh, uh, be, hey, you guys are showing an Atmail part that I'm looking for. Oh, is it? And then he'll read the part number back off to you. You're the sixth guy to call today. Now the price is X, you know, or whatever. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a funny game.
0: Ooh. It is. We ran into an interesting situation at work where um, we had a codec on one of our products, and that codec just poof evaporated. Just can't find it anywhere. So uh, we decided to redesign the board and put a second footprint on it for a comparable codec, such that we could populate either one, whichever one's available. Because we found one that might, uh, or that was available. So we go through the whole design exercise of redesigning the board. We get prototypes in. All the while, we have an open PO for the, for the original codec that has <laughs> been just evaporated. And we've been told by everyone, don't expect it anytime soon. No lead times whatsoever. The second the prototypes of the new codec hit our desk, we just get a notification. Your, your stuff has shifted. Shipped, we're charging you fourteen thousand dollars. They didn't even give us a lead time or anything like that. They just said, here's like two thousand. When we have the prototypes of the new board design, so it's just like everything is
1: crazy right now. Yeah, so Steven, that happened to me. Uh, I ordered uh, microcontrollers <laughs> direct from microchips. Okay, and they were and uh, they were originally was like supposed to be like November twenty-one, turned into December twenty-one, and then it said December like twenty. Uh, four, <laughs> and then the next thing I know is they're sitting on my front door, at my house. Yeah, and you got a two thousand units of four dollar microcontrollers just sitting on my front door, and I'm like, I I didn't even get a tracking number. It just showed yeah, up just, from Taiwan. There you
0: go. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 they're confident you'll take them, right?
1: Oh oh yeah, I I, I had to cut them a check, <laughs> but um yeah. <laughs> Where did
2: you to... source those? like where did it was it just from like a random no, person it was that... directly from mic- it was direct microchip direct oh direct
1: yeah <laughs> it's actually called microchip direct too yeah
2: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah it's wow like,
1: you think they would at least send you like a notification it got shipped or whatever no it actually still says that the the uh they haven't shipped but i have them and their salesperson called and said i had to pay so, it's, it's nice to
0: know that they think you're good for it. I mean, I'm, you are obviously, but
1: it's yeah. like uh,
2: they just trust you. Here you go.
1: Yeah. Oh man! But yeah, it was it was what that's like. It was like six thousand something dollars of parts, and they just DHL just dropped it off my front door, and I didn't know until <laughs> I got home.
0: Yeah, they're shipping six thousand dollars to a residential address. Like, love it. Gosh. It's actually
1: this box
2: right here. There you go.
1: <laughs> it's just it's well, just wild. It's wild. That's it's
0: crazy. So uh, for, for anyone who's listened to the episode last week, we we kind of spilled the beans right at the end of the episode. But uh, one of the reasons why we brought Cody on is to talk about uh, a new announcement that's, uh, that MacroFab has taken on. So you want to go ahead and do your announcement, Cody?
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, recently, well, as of last week, uh, MacroFab is officially a member of ERAI. So... Um, ERAI is kind of a an unspoken supreme authority in the electronic components industry, right? So they 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 are they like um, the
1: man behind the curtain.
2: W- w- they are the people that have all of the background info on the man behind the curtain. Oh. So right. So it's the, per-
1: it's the
0: person on the floorboards. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> 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 he hey, no uh
0: the ERAI behind the curtain
2: right yeah no they're, they're under your nose the whole time the um so i mean basically they maintain a mega database for vendors and suppliers in the electronics industry and they um you know they provide reports and alerts for their members on you know counterfeit Detection. If if you know if anybody has ever shipped counterfeit material, um, I mean they blast it. They show you everything. The, you get the alert. It shows the supplier. It shows what they sold. It shows how many. It's got pictures in there. If there was a test or a lab report, I mean that's in there normally. At the the customer's information. It, it, it's it's uh, it's a really really great resource for anyone looking to be. Serious about mitigating counterfeit risk mitigation um, in their supply in their in the their supply chain. Right, definitely it keeps people honest. Absolutely, yeah. And you know they, they have other services like um they, they provide an escrow service escrow service for us to you know buy from Asia with confidence right so if it's if it is a, a newer supplier claiming to have stock you know they're providing date codes they're providing pictures it looks decent uh, we'll run them through ERAI to do a pre check to see are they an ERAI member do they have any alerts kind of like a credits you know a little little credit check um, and then. If we decide to move forward and place an order, ERAI provides the escrow services so that the parts can be sent to a third party test lab, confirmed new and original. And then once they pass testing, uh, ERAI hand- handles the uh, releasing of the funds through, uh, through escrow. So it's, it's, it's a safeguard for, for, for both ends, so essentially.
1: Kind of, it's kind of like it, that part of it does sound kind of like a PayPal. Where sure th- they have the best interests of the customer, which is in this case macrofabs to make sure that their parts are legit
2: absolutely yeah
0: it's a warm and fuzzy service right there yeah it,
2: it, again it's not so it's not something that's necessarily required like at, at a certain level like an iso certification or itar or a s ninety one you know ninety one twenty whatever but it is a definite you know it's definitely a very prevalently recognized badge of quality and you know doing good business Um, so it's 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 really exciting and uh um you know it could offer offer us some more opportunities i mean you know companies like to see that so
1: so i guess my question is uh what does this mean for for macfab customers
2: well i mean it's 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 that warm and fuzzy like we talked about right so it's it's the warm and fuzzy to know that you know not only are we saying uh, that we're implementing you know solid qms process but i mean we're essentially being held we're, we're signing up to be held to a higher standard really um, because if at any time we put out um, you know anything that's substandard or if we were able uh, you know ever in a situation where god forbid we um, you know had a had a misstep Quality speaking, uh, I mean, we would we would be held to the same accountability as everybody else who is who is an ER ERAI. Um. Uh, member. Now, they don't just report on companies that are EAR, ERAI members, right? Because that wouldn't make sense. So there's tons of companies that you can look up in ERAI to, to try to get an idea of, you know, if they've ever had any issues in the past um, or just try to dig up as much information as, as possible, which is kind of like really what I suggest to a lot of the buyers. I mean, I, 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 I try not to educate my customers so much so on how this works, right? Because the last thing I really need is my customer trying to go out and figure out how to become a strategic sourcing individual in the middle of a shortage too, right? Like, please don't go out and recreate my job. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've had a customer email me and say, oh, Found those parts that you couldn't find. We went ahead and placed the order, and I'm like, "Oh God, please tell me who you <laughs> who you bought them from." And it's like, "Well, we found these guys on Google, and you know, look at their website, and the and page and, of Google." And, oh, it's, well, right, right, or or even you know, a, a first pager with a wicked website. But I know the company. I know what's going. You know, the, the, it's it's not it's not a good situation. A bunch and, of stock and, photos. <laughs> right. Well, n- the craziest thing is, man. If you go to uh, like Husky Electronics, and this—I mean, we're just putting them up there. Husky Electronics, okay, that's a distributor. um, Very okay. Here you go. So listen to this. There, when you call Husky, it used to actually say, "Thank you for calling Husky Electronics and the French Bulldog Rescue Network." (laughs) <laughs> so it was like so off the wall, like what? How is this combined? But they do have like a side humanitarian like business effort where they f- rescue French bulldogs. But I mean you look at like Prism Electronics uh, Prism Electronics website or Husky Electronics websites. They're these real bare landing page websites. Well, hey, guess what? These guys have been in the business since the 70s. These guys hold stock. These guys are certified through the Wazoo and are some of the most trusted distributors in the game. Now you go look at like my f- former employer, Virian, put in virian.com. Okay? So look at virian.com and look at this You're not website. Sending us
0: somewhere we shouldn't go. Are
2: you? I mean, oh no, no, no. I mean, these you know <laughs> hey, these guys are a, a, a good you know oh, yeah. independent distributor in the web. That's but you know the l- the live action in the website. I mean, you know it's moving. It's it's you, know, you think holy cow, what's going? What are these guys doing? They're a broker. They mm. they hold no stock. They are ISO certified, and they are a good distributor. But they're a broker. And so, you know, where where a buyer would look at this and see these guys and say, hey, you know, these guys really have something to offer. You know, who is Husky Electronics? Well, they're a major player. And it's just crazy how, when you're talking about something so technologically advanced and so surrounded by all this sexy technology and as electronics, and it's like these good old boys from, uh, you know, from wherever, just like, hey, we got your parts. But, you know, top quality uh you know storage of parts i mean top quality you know material handling top notch when you're having to deal with a a a return or an rma not that you'd ever you know have to i mean these are just that that's that's really what um i guess to go back to your question you know what are we doing for our customers it's like hey you know we have a ton of experience surrounding this so our customers can go forth with the confidence that macrofab is putting their supply chain needs in the hands of individuals who are touching the parts have the parts we're not going to brokers we're not shipping parts in from wherever Ali shenzhen Express. china AliExpress. we you know the uh, you know I don't know if, you know, sidebar conversations or, you know, I think recently, it. I think recently we had a customer that was vehement on, uh, hey, we've got to get these parts from AliExpress. We have to get these parts from AliExpress. We bought the parts from AliExpress. What did AliExpress do? They sent us the wrong parts. And okay, we, so. And,
1: I, and we didn't know until we started building it.
2: So here's my question, though, because then everybody backs up and says, well, you know, Ali, Alibaba, you know, AliExpress, you know, that's not really their bad. They just sent the wrong part. My question is, okay, so are they going to send us the correct part? I haven't heard anything back yet. I don't think they have the correct part. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's one thing to be the Asian Amazon and and to facilitate, you know, uh, tons of different buys, tons of different types of material across tons of different verticals. But when you're talking about putting on putting parts on boards to go into, I mean, a medical device, like we can't play games here. Like, what are we doing? Like, we have to. It's you know, it's come down to the, to that, and that's the scary thing. I, I I really I recognize that. Like, I wrote this as a LinkedIn post not long ago, but it's so true. This shortage has. Purchasing managers from Fortune 500 companies on the phone with their broker, deciding whether or not to pull the trigger on some parts they found on eBay. Like no BS. And so it's it's kind of scary to see. At the same time, it's real exciting and it's fun. It's like, hey, we're you know able to facilitate all these solutions for people during this uh, you know during the shortage and look like a hero. When at the same time, it's like, well, I'm glad we're doing it because everybody that I keep seeing. That just tries to grow a brain, reinvent the wheel, and think their way out of the situation, um, is being led down some pretty sketchy paths, you know? So
1: yeah, yeah the um uh because I, I build a bunch of pinball boards, Cody. Mm-hmm. And my OEM was basically I'm I'm like telling the OEMs like, I'm waiting for parts. Yeah. And they're like, we found that part on blah 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 website. I'm like, that's not a real part. Sure. I can guarantee you that's not a real part.
2: Right. Yeah, you uh I sent this to Joey the other day. There's videos like you can if you look go to YouTube and just look up counterfeit electronic components in Asia. There is a there's videos of people literally sitting on the floor with massive boards stacked next to them just picking or sitting in a station desoldering you know just picking parts picking by the hundreds and just i mean that is such big business and it's gotten to a point to where for a fact i know this my bunny let me know uh he works for a mega mega distributor and said that their customer uh had was sent toshiba parts he sent his order of the parts to the customer and they ended up bringing the rest of the order in from you know another distributor some sketchy distributor they sent, they got the parts in. They went through testing. The parts, the only way that they knew that they were not real, and I have to verify this again because everything exterior markings, totally to code. They ended up sending the parts to Toshiba. Toshiba said, We can guarantee that we did not manufacture this part, but this part's specs, um, the fit form and function spec out to what above what, what are parts like they're like industrial grade parts. Yeah, so not only are they are better are the <laughs> counterfeits they're better, <laughs> uh, which is definitely not always the case, right? No, like you jump in there and look the at the membrane. I've heard that. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like you look at the membrane on the inside of them and it's like an NFT or something right? Like that. Like somebody's ch- just having a, having a, a go with, uh, you know, just, just throwing stuff out there into the market. But another reason why it's so important for companies like ERA to do what they're doing because they 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 send they have a massive, massive, massive database of parts. And they have a ranking system of what parts are highly counterfeited, how they're counterfeited. And they send these alerts out daily daily. Um, Which is really great because, you know, I'm I'm on I kind of tiptoe on the dark side too, right? So I see the the guys behind the curtain, you know, putting out their offers and I'm like, ooh, it's a really odd time to be sending out an offer for TI parts that I know everybody is looking for and you supposedly have twenty five thousand, like, you know. And they're a uh, dollar instead of yeah, you st- yeah. you you start to kind of pick up on the signs. So yeah,
1: it's like when you go and try to buy a uh, Arduino development board on eBay, and it's cheaper than the actual microcontroller. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason why. Yep. Um I Stephen got bit by counterfeit part recently.
0: Yeah, well, and 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 you know, I was just doing a a project here in my basement, uh, so I just needed one part, and mm. uh, instead of shipping from uh one of the big distributors i just went to amazon because it's a it's just a jelly bean part that is available everywhere and it was it's probably 40 years old this or so the design is mature so i just went to amazon and found an amazon prime i'll get it the next day and then i can put it in my project and it sort of worked like it it was like half of the specs were dead on and half of them were just like, and I'm sitting here scratching my head, is like, have I designed this incorrectly? I've used this part a hundred times, and this one is just not acting right. I ended up sending it to Parker, and Parker x-rayed it against a good one, and lo and behold, guts The die was half the size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which explains uh. its its functionality. But yeah, and and I rolled the dice on that. I mean, it's an Amazon purchase, right? But I figured jelly bean part like that. That's the one that that I that's really got me scratching my head because. Why counterfeit something that is a few cents? I, I don't, like, why not go for something where you could actually, you know, stand to make something more out of it? But yeah. I guess there's a sucker like me who would buy them.
1: I, I think on that, Stephen, is most people don't use those parts to the full capability. And so you can probably, if you can sketch by for a bit, then you can make your, your you know, you got to think they're probably getting those parts for basically free right so
0: right yeah 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 and and i was using it for probably 70 or 80 percent of its full capacity and it and the kind of fits were surely not up to the task
2: uh, No, i I, I wonder i wonder what the part is i wonder if i can find it out there
1: oh Uh, um we talked about a podcast a a couple months ago i can send that link to you cody it was was lm lm
0: 317 regular just a just, Just a, a jelly bean regulator. regulator that's been used forever.
2: Wow. do, you, do you, is is that is that is that the actual the actual part number?
0: Oh, I'm sure it has a longer part number, but that's the that's the 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 main portion of
2: it. I, I was I gonna jump I, on. I, I was, was I gonna jump on and try to what, do it. Parker do has it the live. Uh,
0: the counterfeits somewhere, or by, he probably threw them away by now. No, I still got them in
2: my, my
1: drawer.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm trying to find the.
2: Oh the yeah, man, episode. from TI or. Fairchild, National, yeah, National, Sammy, oh man, you gotta come to me next time. <laughs> there you go. This
0: is, yeah, this is. I see. Live uh, counterfeit search and love it. You I see, got okay, you some so from
2: 1990. I got you some from 2001. What do you? What? I got some from 89. Look at this, 8915 date code. I was wow. two years old. Beautiful. <laughs> oh,
1: so Stephen wanted to buy an LM338. And oh, okay. acting like an LM three one seven, which is basically the mm. smaller version of that LDO. That's right.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah,
0: yeah mine gotcha. had just been lasered differently, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, got I, to, got I think
1: to. so because in the end, because
0: um, it was functioning, it did ish. function,
1: but the die was definitely a lot smaller inside of it.
0: So, so this okay? okay. So this is a great example of, uh. A purchasing manager or a buyer who's worth their weight in... I shouldn't say that. Not who's worth it. A buyer is worth their weight in gold. Someone who can go out and get true parts and get you a good price on them is, is unbelievable. And I've had the opportunity to work with a handful before where uh, the relationship was great between engineering where they, they, they did a fantastic job of building some walls where they're like, it is not your job to go find parts. It is your job to get me drawings and specifications i go get parts and uh, and it was man i i loved working with those people
2: and now i don't have the
0: opportunity like i have to do a little bit of that myself and i'm like it uh (laughs) makes me appreciate you guys a lot
1: so um to bring it back around it was episode 276 of the macro engine podcast for listeners that want to listen to uh, steve and i discuss
0: x-raying these components So, so back on ERAI, uh, Mm -hmm. I guess, I guess it's a, it's a top to bottom um, system that you're a part of. So all the way from the, the, the manufacturer, all the way down through the CM, you guys, so you are utilizing ERAI to, uh, I guess, check all of these things, but at the same time, you're Mm -hmm. living up to its standards as as well, right? Right,
2: exactly, and then we like the additional services, like I mentioned, we get to use you know the um, the the vendor um, you know vendor info, um, you know the vendor insider info, the um, escrow services, um, you know the, the the massive parts database. Um, so it, it, it's it, it is um, it's kind of a menu of services, but yeah, essentially, it's it's allowing us to do this much more confidently.
1: Hmm. Probably, this is me stretching, I guess, because I don't know the answer to this, but it probably also lets us help uh, when we go and onboard more factories into our platform. Um, Because it it sounds like ERAI also basically grades CMs too.
2: Right, so they do have that information. I mean, I, I, I still need to dig in Myself to see exactly, you know, to what level, uh, you know, they they um, they go into, you know, dissecting different aspects of the business. But they definitely have information on everyone in, in terms of supply chain side of the house, um, the the vendors and the uh, and the component manufacturers and and uh, so I mean it's it, it it's it's a it's a dire resource for sure, mm-hmm. definitely.
0: Out of curiosity, um, are there like what does it take to be a member of your AI? Is are there audits? Do they kind of go through things with you?
2: So, I mean, there's obvious. You know, we have to submit. You know, our QMS and and it's it, it is a membership service. So, you know, you obviously have to pay an annual fee. Um, and uh, it, it's uh, yeah. I mean. it, it, it there's no requirement in terms of like company size or anything like that um you do have to be an OEM or a CM or a distributor um to to join but i i think it's kind of open to 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 anyone hmm.
0: yeah so so when they when they identify an issue with a uh, a supplier or a manufacturer or something mm-hmm. um it how does that how does that kind of get distributed to everyone is it is it just like yelp of electronics where it's like uh you know uh, you know f minus would not buy again or or how how does that all work out
2: yeah sure so um everybody will get so let's say when it when an incident happens uh then the uh the alert or the report is created once the report's created they send out an alert and when they they send it via email so you'll get an email in your inbox and it'll say you know erai um you know, counterfeit alert. And so, you know, if I go into, like right now, if I go into erai.com and I uh, go and I log in, I'll just see, I'll, I'll show you, or I guess I can uh, do a little search real quick and I can tell you. So we'll do a company search and we'll go with a company that's very well known in the industry to have had issues in the past. So we're not telling tales outside of school here. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's uh <laughs> All right. Oh uh... Harry Kranz. Corporation. So uh, you have the Harry Krantz Corporation, which um, a lot of people feel you know differently about. But I mean, at the end of the day, the facts are the facts. So Harry Krantz Corporation was a very, very bulletproof, very well-respected distributor in the electronic components industry. Um, I the story to me is kind of unclear. Uh, like when that changed, I guess uh, the actual guy Harry Krantz, uh turned it over to a, a son, or you know whatever happened. Uh, things kind of went south. Well. Went south in in a really big way. Uh, there were interest. So r- right now, if I go and I pull up their their um, their profile on ERAI, um, they have since um, become a member uh, since their incident. Um, but I mean, so for instance, like when I ex- go to expand this under alerts. Um, from July of 2015, federal indictment is list is listed, um, and so uh, n- uh, New York man admits to supplying falsely remarked computer chips used in military helicopters. Oh, I
1: um, think we actually talked about that,
0: Stephen. Yeah, really, yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah that that's crazy. Bell. That's a long. What time a coincidence! A
2: yeah, what a coincidence. So, um, so yeah, so it goes into court documentation. It goes, they go as far as, um, the images of the, the parts. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of information that, that you can, that you can pull up in here. Um, I mean, on anyone and I mean, nine times out of 10, if I don't find them in ERAI, like they don't even just pop up, like in, just to pop up, then I, I start digging. Um,
1: macfab has got five stars in there, right?
2: <laughs> uh you know what? I don't even know if uh I don't even know if we're on here. Let's see. Let's 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 search old macrofab. Macrofab. Digging it must be good because we're not we're not we're not Oh, are we coming up? Let's see. It's thinking. It's thinking hard. <laughs> it's gonna get a knot in its brain. <laughs> <laughs> I have it not in my brain. Wow, it is still thinking. Okay. Uh, it could not find my hap- So hap- we're hap- not.
0: Pull up all the reports. Right. right. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes.
2: Oh, man. No. Uh, oh, hey, here we are. And uh, yes, we are an ERAI member. And no, we do not have any alerts. Um, what? Yeah. Our, our profile looks great. Awesome. So yeah. yeah, so I mean that's another you know it's another, it could be a revenue opportunity. I mean you know ERAI is not a, a hidden thing. I mean it's it's pretty well known. So I mean there's a good possibility that an OEM may be perusing through ERAI one day and come across uh, come across MacroFab. But Parker Dillman, you're 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 listed in here. Yeah, <laughs> Parker Dillman. His eyes just got huge. <laughs> <needed. laughs> <laughs> Uh uh-oh miscellaneous files Uh oh Oh, what's this no 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 (laughs) i'm highly confused there was something in there oh man Um, so i
1: i I have another question on this then how does the reporting happen
2: so So, um because how does our
1: ai get their information
2: so it's either it's it's direct from the customer normally. Okay. Uh, we'll, well, that's that's how it m- normally happens, right? The customer will reach out um, and directly to ERAI, and and they'll submit the the alert, and they'll give them all the information of uh, what happened, they, and who, and who then the vendor ERAI was. ERAI
1: does all the research and ERAI back and. Okay. Right.
2: Exactly. So that's why I was like saying they're kind of like a unspoken supreme authority like law enforcement figure in the in the industry right because i mean they do all this investigative work they you know report all this to uh i mean it's global right so um and it, and it doesn't seem to go away now they do keep a there it is distinguished on their uh alert or um you know incident was 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 resolved you know, so let's say like the company, you know, accidentally sent what they thought were new and original parts, right? And it comes back that you know they they refunded the money. They the RMA process was smooth. Now they're still gonna have that mark, but it will be in a resolved status, and it does allow them to kind of regain their credibility, credibility and image. Yeah, it's so not to just speak. a
0: black mark forever.
2: Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, it happens. I mean, there's, there's go-to suppliers for macrofab that are on that, that are on ERAI and have had alerts. I mean, they're from 1998. And, I mean, these are companies that we've used for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And and uh, they, they live at ERAI. They're mega members of ERAI. Mm-hmm. Um so it's 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 just good to know that you know they're being held to the same standard as everyone else. You know nobody's flying under the radar, nobody gets any special treatment, mm-hmm. um, and nobody goes un, unscathed. You know it's really easy to burn yourself in this business. I mean I'm not kidding. I can pick up the phone right now and within five different guys of five different distributors, I could probably touch every major OEM in on Earth in I'm, no problem. I mean Lenovo, HP, Dell, Sony. Everyone, everyone, Samsung, everyone, and and I mean that is just how it's so huge, right? But when you get down to the nitty gritty, the the spiderweb starts to you know get to uh, it's it gets tight, and and um, you you can burn your name pretty quickly in the in the business, um, and and it's not just with customers, you know, other distributors aren't gonna do you They're know not do business with you anymore, right? Yeah, which is a huge reliance. Disty to Disty sales is a huge part of this, right? Because they have so many customers, they didn't, you know they have to that Disty to Disty transaction has to and relationship has to exist. So it's very important to maintain a a good reputation in the business.
1: Do you have anything else, Stephen?
0: or Cody? No, I, I, I don't like before this. To be honest, I, I was not aware of ERAI, so I, I certainly have a lot more to go on myself to, uh, for research, and I'm, I'm certainly going to share this with uh, people at my work because this might be something um, we would be interested in, especially just with the difficulties of the last few years of sourcing things. Um, this mm-hmm. I'm sure could have helped a lot th- throughout that.
2: Yeah, it's just that it's just a the tip of the iceberg, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of, of resources out there. Um, you know, another great one, I, I don't, I you know, I like to tiptoe on the line of not giving any of the, uh, you know, not giving, not giving too much away, but um, a really great resource that, that would be beneficial for people to look into is IHS. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, with IHS and the, the mega database that IHS has, you know, I could see that being huge for engineers because the life, first of all, the amount of amassed information that IHS has and the data they have on, I mean, everything like any type of all the way down to raw components and mechanical components for the oil and gas industry, the electronics industry. I mean, everything has a record at IHS, but where I could really see it playing for engineers is, you know, say you have a bomb, of uh, you know fifty line items, go through and throw every last one of those into IHS. You you had mentioned something we haven't talked about. I guess Parker, which is kind of something you had written about earlier, was you know what kind of steps can engineers take to you know kind of like get ahead or get in front of. I I would throw a lot of my bomb material into IHS. You get some of the lifecycle information for parts through the major distributors, the Avnets and the Arrows and the DigiKeys. But, you know, you go to IHS and you put in TI part, it's going to tell you the first time it was manufactured. It's going to give you uh, all the different flavors of the part. All the different data data sheets associated with it, and it gives you crazy lifecycle information. You know, last time buy dates, saying hey, last day to buy these is this date. End of life notifications. Um, That that stuff is just so essential. I think when you're on the design side of it. Uh, or, you know, when you're in the design phase to say, hey, let's make sure that we're not specking in parts that are eventually going to go EOL or they're already volatile in the market and they're already having supply issues. And I think that's kind of like where the the a big focus is now, right? And I think Macrofab even has a webinar coming out uh, this week about it. Um, but, uh, and that's, maybe I was confusing what you wanted to talk about in that, but um, no, no, that good. would, cool. Yeah, man, IHS is... Uh, it's very resourceful for sure.
0: Well, very cool. Yeah. So
1: thank you. I think we're wrapping up now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Thank Cody, you so much for uh, coming on. Yeah. Thank for you sure. so
1: much for coming on the podcast. And uh, it, this was really like Cody's like, we're a member of ERAI in like our Slack channel. And I'm like, you want to be on the podcast, talk about it. So
2: <laughs> yeah, man, the I
1: prep he had.
2: Yeah, well, I I can nerd out on this stuff for hours. So um, you know, definitely, if you guys ever want to know anything else, or uh, I appreciate you guys having me. If we if but, we uh, had
1: more time, Cody, because we're running up next to our hour. Um, for sure. If if we could have you back on, maybe next couple of weeks or so, odd, uh, um, have you chat about like the current supply chain situation, like sure. the future, maybe the past, like ever since I. From my point of view, like it hasn't, the supply chain problems of 2018 have continued till now. Yeah. Just in different forms.
2: At the end of the day, this is your takeaway. All of these other companies that are not Avnet, Aero, Digikey, and Mauser are billion dollar companies that have existed for 30 years for a reason. Like there's always been a supply chain problem, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah.
1: It's just whether or not you can, if the supply chain can hide it.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: um, oh, so
1: man. that was the MacFab Engineering Podcast. We we're your hosts, Fargo Dolan.
0: and Stephen Craig. Later, everyone. Take it easy.
1: And thank you, Cody. Bye, guys. Thank you, yes, you, are listener, for downloading our podcast. If you have a cool idea, project, or topic, or you need Cody to find you a chip, let Steven and I know. Tweet us at MacFab, at Longhorn Engineer, or at Anlog ENG. Cody does not have a Twitter account, so there's no at for him. Uh, Emails at podcast at MacFab.com. And, Cody, how can people get to you?
2: On uh, LinkedIn. Okay. I'm I'm pretty disconnected, but I have a I have a pretty big following on LinkedIn. I have like five thousand followers, so uh, and and a I ton know, of connections. So I'm like I'm the rocking, it, rocking yeah. it on LinkedIn, yeah.
1: Um, so. and then also check out our MacFab public Slack channel. It is macfab.com slash Slack, or check out our live stream, which is Tuesdays at six o'clock PM on Central Time, which is twitch.tv slash macrofab.